Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 135 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer from the City South Side along with Brendan Escott. You're listening to Oilers Now. Uh, we said name another team that has had the kind of dominance that Alabama's had over the course of the last... Uh, 13 years, and several of you bringing up the uh, Patriots and the success of Tom Brady, and that is a fair comparable. Six, uh, what's he got? Six Super Bowl championships with uh, Bill Belichick, and another one with Tampa Bay. Pretty impressive over the course of the last 20 years. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 plus years. Royal Pizza has uh, 15 Edmonton and area locations. You can go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The staff recommendation is the Mediterranean chicken. We are going to head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino and welcome back a guy that knows all about football because he lives in Texas, uh, does uh, television work as a fine analyst with the Washington Capitals. He grew up in these parts. We welcome back to the show, Alan May. Al, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Good to be back, man. Yep. I was flipping back and forth. Uh, the Caps took one on the uh, proverbial chin last night after a good start. The hands of the Boston Bruins. But I, I, I somehow don't think that was the number one lead story on ESPN last night. Was it, Al? No, it certainly wasn't. I don't even know if it made ESPN last night because the the, the national championship game is such a big thing. And with the gambling and everything that goes on, uh, it's gotten even bigger and bigger. Is there any way, like, as a guy that lives in the States, like, we go down there, uh, but is there any way maybe you can express to our listeners just how significant um, the culture uh, and, and important uh, college football and, for that matter, college basketball in the second half of the year is in the U.S. in terms of the sports landscape? Well, it's, it's absolutely huge because you look at the big schools and how many students that they have every year. So, you know, the alumni are huge. And then you take all of that, all, you know, you take all the different rival schools and the conferences and everything and that every level that you have of, of collegiate football. And then the fact that a lot of people play it down here as youth and high school. And then you got the gambling situation. So it's, it's kind of, you know, the, the ratings are phenomenal. And it has, a, I think, a lot of gambling, uh, video games, the attachments that they have. It, it's, it's enormous. It, it's uh, the equivalent of what the NHL is in Canada. Yeah, and there you go. And, you know, it, it's funny, Al, because, you know, I, I went to the U of A. I, I love uh, the U of A's teams. But the fact of the matter is I don't think most people that have graduated out of that school or gone to that school have the same sense of pride and attachment and loyalty to their school that Americans have to U.S. schools. Do you think that's a fair assessment? Absolutely, yeah. I'd say it's perfect. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's switch focus here. By the way, and we'll get to the Caps in the Eastern Conference in a second. Um, The Edmonton Oilers on a 2-9-2 run. 
Uh, their power play at 18%. Their penalty killing at 68%. Uh, the three goaltenders that were all over nine, uh, all over 914, Al, uh, when Edmonton was 16 and 5 and had the best winning percentage in the NHL to start the year. Uh, those three goaltenders and Skinner's down in the minors right now. He's got the only two wins. But none of the goaltenders are above 900. Smith's at 877. Koskinen's at 866. Uh, there is a sentiment out there from some fans that there needs to be a coaching change. I know you watch the orders. What's your assessment of what you're seeing? Well, you know, the, I think it was last week against Toronto. I just saw so many unforced errors with passing. And, you know, there's definitely a confidence shift in the team. But I look, they were at their best when that six-man unit they started the season with defensively and the roster they were using. And you start to take guys out of it left and right, and then, you know, you don't have McDavid in it. And the teams are just focusing on, if we can shut those two guys down, we're going to shut everyone else down. And, you know, McDavid's close to 30 minutes a night. Every You know, it seems like every second of every power play. And, you know, it's a team that's relied too much on the top, on the top guys. And, you know, it's kind of like what you do in youth hockey. You continue to just to ride your, your top players over and over. But, you know, the other guys aren't stepping up and doing things. And I thought at the start of the year when they put this roster together, it looked like they had lots of really good pieces. But I think you have this team can't afford to have pieces out of the lineup. And it's not, it doesn't have enough depth organizationally, in my opinion, to be that strong of a team. And then you need more. I, as I've said many times on here, that – the Washington Capitals, you know, they every player used to look down the bench and expect Ovi to score every goal, and he expected to score every goal. But it was an easy out in the playoffs because he was the only guy producing and no one else was doing a damn thing. So the other players have to own their roles 1,000%, and they, they've got to step up and do things. So, you know, I've see, I see players that are taking a beating there that I don't think should be taking beatings. Uh, and but I just think they have to have their entire lineup so everyone can be slotted in the proper places. All right. And, what do you mean by what yeah. do you mean by players taking a beating? Are, are you are you saying that the Oilers are too easy to play against? They don't have or are you no, saying no, no. I, I mean, being I mean, criticized? Like, I, by, yeah. I was listening to another show today, and I, I'm hearing like Pozzavari just take an absolute beating. Well, I watch the games. He's a pretty positive and effective player. And, yeah. you know, he, he gets the puck on a stick. He makes nice plays. He gets to the net. He doesn't always score, but he has grade A high danger chances nonstop. And I just think that, you know, all of a sudden people are talking about him, where he was in the draft. Well, I think he's come a long way from where he's at. He's healthy and he fits in. But you have to have power in numbers. They don't have power in numbers right now, and they've been a salary cap hell for a while. They'll st- they still need to add players over time. It, it doesn't happen overnight. When you're crushed against the cap and you've got bad contracts and so much money sitting in the buyout coffer, it, it doesn't help. And, you know, and Tip, you know, he's relied too much on those guys. You know, it, it, you can't just throw the top two guys out every time. They're going to they're gonna fatigue. There's ebbs and flows in the seasons with every single player. Guys go through hot streaks. Uh, you know, the great players, they go dry for a while. You know, they get run down. Uh, they get in a bad rhythm for a week or two. Teams, you know, are watching the same game tape or the, like always the previous game, and they're looking. Well, this is what the power play is doing. This is what the penalty kill is doing right now, and you know, it just it's just a bad rhythm. And they've been like that for over a month now, and they're going to have to figure it out. Tippett's going to have to figure it out, and the players are going to have to rise up all of them. And I don't think it's fair to throw everything at the goaltenders because the way they've been playing, I don't think any goaltenders in the league 
would be winning games right now. All right. Al, let me ask you this. 13 years it took Alexander Ovechkin to win the Stanley Cup. In year six, seven, and eight, did you think it was ever going to happen? Did you think it was inevitable that Washington would win one? Or were you concerned that it wasn't going to I always thought they were going to win one, but it took, it was going to, going to take the right coach and finally to spend money on a veteran coach and, you know, bring in his coaching staff and, and not have holdovers and rookie coaches and, and guys that didn't have a counterpunch. I always look at young coaches like Travis Green. I look at him and everyone was ooing and aahing over him. Well, he didn't have a counterpunch for what he was doing. And you know, the team got worse and worse. And they were so exciting at the start of his tenure. But I think his roster got better, and he didn't do anything to make them a better team. So I, I think when you add with Washington, they, they're always something short. When I go in, you're looking, oh, I don't like the third center. Well, they addressed that. I, I didn't like not having you know, a whole six-man unit of real NHL defensemen, guys that were slotted in the right places, like having a real first pair, real second pair. You know, having having goal scoring wingers and, and different types of players, so it takes a while to put that puzzle together. And I look at the Toronto Maple Leafs; they're nowhere close to the puzzle. The Oilers aren't close to the puzzle. I don't think the Winnipeg Jets are close to having that puzzle filled. But I really do think everything matters, and and, and all your different levels—your top six, your bottom six, you know, your top three centermen, certainly your top four defensemen. You need an excellent starter and an excellent back, but it's all going to be together at the same time. And I don't think Edmonton is there yet because you're still hoping on too many players what they can become. Yeah, interesting. Uh, It's pretty clear to me the Eastern Conference is like, I don't know how good the Rangers are. Like, I know at one point last week, I think on Tuesday of last week, they're actually leading the NHL in standings. But, I mean, I'm sitting there, you're out east, Tampa Bay looks pretty good. I got to tell you, I think Toronto looks pretty good, Al. Uh, you're you're not quite as bullish. Uh, and then there's you know then there's Florida and Carolina. How do you see the top four or five teams in the Eastern Conference right now, Al? Well, I, I've always got Tampa there, and they're still the kings of the castle in, in my book. And you know the Florida Panthers are, are fast, and they've got some really nice defensemen, excellent goaltending. And there's a situation when you compare goaltenders. You know, everyone in the league saying trade Bobrovsky, buy him out. But look, look at that guy this year. Look what he's doing when they have a full complement, a full team. Yep. He, he doesn't have to worry about everything. So I, I do look at Carolina. I'm still not sold on the Rangers yet because I think when they get into a heavy series, they could be in trouble. But Carolina, Washington, Florida, Tampa, and Pittsburgh. And I never write off Pittsburgh. Uh, Sidney Crosby took a while to recover from injury. Then he gets COVID. But then he's got to get his legs back. And I'm still in awe of how hard this guy works and how effective he is every game. What he does in practice, there's no one in the league that does it for the elite players that bring it every day and up the antidote. And I look, I just look at them, and I honestly believe that Mike Sullivan is the best coach in the National Hockey League. I, I look at him, how he pushes buttons, and he's got his style of play. And it doesn't matter if you just got called up from Wilkes-Barre in the AHL you better play like you belong in the NHL because he's not going to let you be a rookie. He's pushing it, this pedal to the metal, and everyone's accountable there. And I, re- I really like that about that team. And all of a sudden, they're surging, and they're in the rearview mirror of Carolina, the Rangers, and Washington right now. Yeah, well, and, you know, Tristan Jari had a tough year last year. I know I talked to Brian Burke. He was uh, in Calgary and Edmonton and Red Deer for a bunch of events in August. And, you know, were they going to be patient with Jari in between the pipes? But the one thing they they do, 
They they've got a lot of NCAA grad. They got older guys that spend three or four years in the minors that learn how to play, and then those guys come up. They're usually not too big, but they're competitive and they're quick, and they're part of the identity of the Penguins. Is that a fair assessment, Al? Absolutely. We have one of them here, uh, a guy that they had to get rid of uh, for salary a few years back, Connor Sherry, who went to Buffalo and kind of like everyone, when they go to Buffalo, their career almost dies if they don't get the hell out of there. Well, the Capitals got him on a minimum wage contract basically last season. And this guy hunts pucks. He's not big, but he knows how to play the game. He's very, very effective. A couple of goals last night. And I'm not saying this. I love this guy's game every night. But I look at what the Penguins have done, and I've talked to the Capitals management about this in the past. You have to rely more on the NCAA. It doesn't matter if they're Canadians, Americans, Swedes, but the NCAA, when you think of it, the 16-year-old player, the 20-year-old player, a lot of guys' junior careers, if they would have went the collegiate route, you know what, the amount of workouts that they can get in during the season, during the offseason, the physical development, the type of hockey and practices, you can improve so much more at the collegiate level. If you're not a blue-chip first-rounder that's going to play within a year of leaving major junior, and I really do look at, I think it was something like 16 or 17 players on that first cup that Sullivan won with the Penguins, they brought up all those guys from Wilkes-Barre. They all played in the NCAA. I look all up yeah. and down that roster, and I'm, I'm a believer that you get these guys. We have a guy here in Washington that's been spectacular uh, the last year, and Nick Jensen, who played all four years at St. Cloud, played three full years in the American Hockey League. Uh, didn't look like he was an NHL player when he first got on the ice in Detroit. As actually, I was like, what the hell? But they work, and he's a late bloomer. Maybe the confidence is late as well. But all of a sudden, we're playing them one game, and he's going head-to-head with Ovechkin. I'm like, holy cow, that guy turned into a player. And it's the, and he's jacked. He, he's, he's a physical specimen. He's worked hard. He's put his time in. He's got a commitment to the game. And I think that's one of the things that helps players when they go the college route is the weight room, you know, just being a little bit older. I look at me. I was so scrawny at 16. Uh, at 20, I was so scrawny. But at 24, I was pretty jacked up. And I just look at, you know, the course of time, you know, the 20-year-old would have kicked the 16-year-old's ass and the 24-year-old would have demolished the 20-year-old. So I, I just think that time that you get to hone. And then you go to the American Hockey League and add a little bit more of how to play the pro game, and uh, you've got a pretty good mix of a player. Al, uh, I wasn't even a has-been. I was a never-was. I was a mesomorph at, at 16 and fat by the time I was 21. All right. Uh, so you don't have the Leafs as a top five or six team in the East? I'm still not buying them. And, you know, I, I just the, – the the hockey they're playing I – I see a lot of slower players on the roster, and I think when you up the ante to all of physical and defense defensive style of hockey – I think they're a team that can be had. They they rely on those top guys a lot, and I just I'm, I'm not I'm not with their depth of their team and with their six man unit of defense. And it's easy hockey right now. Everyone's checking the puck. The Capitals had kind of a gross game I saw the other night where they only had about six hits all game, and they just wow. skated around and were poke checking. And late in the game, Minnesota came back and won it. So, but in the playoffs, you don't play that way. But when you get a defensive effort from teams, when they're stacking five guys at the line against the really good offensive teams, you can shut down a team pretty quick. And they'll, they'll be, that'll be the thing they do when I think the Toronto Maple Leafs get to the playoffs. Teams are just going to load up on the blue line, 
and uh, when they when the puck is dumped in, they'll just airmail it out, and eventually they'll eat them up on their mistakes, in my opinion. Al, great stuff. Love having you on the show. Thanks for joining us in Oilers now. Yep, take care, Bob. Thank you. You bet. That's a longtime NHL enforcer and Washington Capitals analyst, Alan May. When we come back, we'll get to our uh, Oilers Now prospects report for our friends at Scott Arthur Millwork and this day in Oilers history. Hi, this is Mike Smith from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. I think the answer's in that locker room. Why would I trade a first-round pick or one of our top prospects to, to have somebody give us a little bit of a boost? And then next year we have a press conference and you're asking me about more secondary scoring again or more depth or more depth. The depth has to be built internally. The depth the depth of this organization has to be the growth. The growth of McLeod, the growth of Yamamoto, the growth of uh, Bouchard, the growth of Broberg, the growth of Skinner, the growth of uh, Carter Savoy, the, the growth of Borgo, the growth of uh, Petrov. That's, 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 how, that's, how, that's how we did it in Detroit and when I look around that's how the best teams do it it's it's homegrown it's it's young people it's being patient it's it's you know we came here you know signed Jay Woodcroft uh, Woody's done a great job in 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 in, in, in developing players down there um, so uh, you know I think that's that's how you got to get better it's got to be now I understand Connor's 25 and Leon's 26 and would I trade something that's if it's a hockey trade and it's it's you bring in somebody and he's here for this year and beyond that's a different that's a different story but if, if your question is to me just to, to trade some grade a prospect to give a little bit of a boost and a bump so we can have a ne- another press conference next week and then and then that guy goes on and flourishes in another organization somewhere else for for five six seven eight ten years and and and, and we're back to the market next year because that person we got leaves i'm not doing that there you go. That was Ken Holland earlier today. It is media availability. That's the Oilers Now. Audio Vault for Direct Workwear featuring Edmonton's largest selection, unbeatable prices, and customer service that makes you feel like family. As we go into the Oilers Now Prospect Report for Scott Arthur Millwork. Custom cabinetry, luxury closets, exceptional millwork. Visit scottarthurmillwork.com today. And here's Brendan Escott. All right. Well, Matvey Petrov remains the top scorer in Edmonton's prospect pool. He's riding a six-game point streak in the Ontario Hockey League after two points and two games over the weekend. Ty Tulio uh, put up two goals, one of them without a glove actually, and an assist against the uh, Sudbury Wolves over the weekend. He has 41 points in 28 games. Xavier Borgo is at uh, 22 goals in 24 games there in the Quebec League, which hasn't seen action since early December. Carter Savoy held pointless in two games against Minnesota Duluth over the weekend. That snapped his six-game point streak and uh, just worth mentioning Stuart Skinner a 6-0-2 record with Bakersfield this year 1.96 GAA and a 9.25 save percentage. I would say based upon Twitter and the text line and everything else I think Stuart Skinner right now might be the most popular Oilers prospect out there. You already know that cars cost less than Metasquin but did you know that Brent Rich Ford and Metasquin 10-time President's Award winners for customer satisfaction. What does this mean? It means treating people fairly. Fully transparent negotiations making sure advertised prices include all accessories, fees, taxes, with the exception of GST. If those attributes are important to you, phone our friends Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at one 877 or visit brentridge.com. Lots of Oilers fans out there. 
They even have a Flames fan. The guy used to stick uh, little flame stickers on the inside of the gas packs when we'd be trading in the trucks. Into this day in Oilers history for New West Travel. Looking for a great Oilers road trip. Fly nonstop this trips in April to Nashville with Flair Airlines to watch the Oilers play for only 1750 bucks. Call New West Travel or go online at newwesttravel.com. Here's Brennan Escott. Yeah, 1983. Uh, veteran Oilers forward Pat Hughes records the fastest two shorthanded goals by one player in NHL history. Burned the St. Louis Blues for uh, two goals and 25 seconds on the penalty kill. Two of his 25 goals on the year. I know there's somebody in the Stauffer household that grew up a big fan of Pat Hughes. This day in Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel. Looking for a great Oilers roadie. Again, nonstop to Nashville in April with Flair Airlines. Just 1750 bucks. You can visit newwesttravel.com online. All right, tonight, Reed Wilkins has Bill Daly on Inside Sports. Who else does he have? Uh, it looks like you, as a matter of fact. Okay, and, you uh, stuck and couldn't get anybody better. <laughs> well, he, he, he did get somebody a little better. It was Oilers analyst Craig McTavish. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Two guys that know what they're talking about, one guy that's a bluffer. Uh, yeah, so Bill Daly, Craig McTavish, and yours truly will be joining Reed tonight. Tomorrow, regular Wednesday contributors to the show for the, from the NHL Network. Uh, the man started Oxcon's player agency, former GM of the Tampa Bay Lightning. He drafted both Steven Stamkos and Victor Hedman, Brian Lawton. Political affairs columnist, called to hockey writer at the Edmonton Journal. He's got a following, David Staples, and our NHL insider, John Shannon, for legacy heating and cooling. Up next, a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3, and then 6.30 chat afternoons with Jay Lynn Ice. So long, everybody, from Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad.